Well, now let's do what I've come here to do, and that's to talk about, um, about Joshua and the tribes of Gad and, and Reuben, the half-tribe of Manasseh. When we left off, we're in the 22nd chapter. If you recall, when we left off, half of the tribes, um, two and a half of the tribes, Reuben, Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh, did not take their inheritance in the land. They wanted to... They did not want to go on the West Bank. They wanted to, to remain on the East Bank of the Jordan River. So Joshua said to them, as Moses said to them, that's fine. That's fine. You can have the inheritance of the land that you want on one condition. And that condition is that they go with the armies, Israel's armies, and go into the, the land and help conquer it with them. In fact, I told you when we first began We'd look at chapter 1 often. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 1 and see, see this friendly and wonderful reminder. And we're going to see something really wonderful out of this particular place in Scripture. In chapter 1, verse 12, starts off, And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua told them this. He said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest, and will give you this land. He says, Your wives and your little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you, you shall cross before your brothers in battle array, all your valiant warriors, and shall help them. Help them, it says in verse 15, until the Lord gives your brothers rest as, as he has given you. And they also possess the land which the Lord your God has given them, then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And, the, and they answered Joshua. Listen to their answer. It's just, it's, it's inspiring. It is absolutely inspiring. They say to him, Joshua, all that you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we will also obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And then he, then he says to him at the end in verse 18, Only be strong and courageous. And we've heard that over and over again in this particular book. Strength and courage. And we saw how it happened back to chapter 22. We saw how it all came to place through the life of Caleb. Caleb was 80, 85 years old. He was still, he said, as strong as when he first went into the land 40 years ago. And the reason it was, we learned that he fully, fully followed the Lord his God all the days of his life. And that's what I long for you, and that's what I long for me. And I found out something very, very important that I think I already knew, and that is it's, a, it's an individual choice. Nobody can make you, but nobody can stop you. And there is nothing greater that the Lord has given you and me than a free will. He has given us the will to choose. Will we do as, as he has said or will we not? How will we walk with him? And the more we understand and read his word, the more we'll see what he asks of us, how he asks of us to live and how he asks of us to consider our lives. And so I pray for you. You have no idea how much I have prayed for you that God would touch all of our hearts and that we would become the people of God that God has called us to be. Now, as you recall, two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh, didn't take their inheritance. So they followed what Moses said, and they followed what Joshua said. You see, 
they went and did battle. Even though they weren't on the other side of the bank, they went with them and did battle. You know what that, first off, let me tell you what that teaches us. The first thing it teaches us is no matter where you are, no matter who you are, we all must do spiritual battle against the enemy. It is our call of life to do battle against the evil one so we do not follow after his ways, but we really conform ourselves into the image of Jesus Christ. And this is exactly, exactly what the tribe of Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh did when the battle was over, seven years later, seven years they were away from their families. Joshua freed them to return back to their homes and gave them the spoils of the victories that they had of the enemy in the promised land. Now let's read Joshua chapter 22, verses 1 through 9. Really a fabulous place in the Word of God. It's all about rest. I'm going to show you that in a moment. When Joshua summoned the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, he said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have listened to, to my voice in all that I have commanded you. You have not forsaken your brothers in these many days to this day. You have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now, the Lord your God has given you rest to your brothers. As he spoke to them, therefore turn now, go to your tents, in other words, to your homes, to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan. And then he gives them this, this warning. This is really critical. Verse 5, only be careful. Be careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Here they are, five of them. You are to love the Lord your God. You are to walk in all of his ways. You are to keep his commandments. You are to hold fast to him, and you shall serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And so it says in verse 6, Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went back to their tents. Now to the one half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan. But to the other half, Joshua gave a possession among their brothers westward beyond the Jordan. So when Joshua sent them away to their tents, he blessed them and he said to them, Return to your tents with great riches and with very much livestock, with silver, with bronze, with, with iron, and with very many clothes. Divide the spoils of your enemies with your brothers. And the sons of Reuben... And the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home and departed from the sons of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, to the land of their possession, which they had possessed according to the commandment of the Lord through Moses. This is just a fabulous place in the Word of God. Please pray with me. Ask God to bless your heart. Ask God to speak to your heart. Father, let's, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. I want to thank you for the wonderful messages that we heard the past couple of weeks from Pastor Bill and Pastor Fred. Thank you how they encouraged us and, and challenged us and, and desired us to be a people who are uh, committed to our Lord, abiding in you, Father, and also bearing a mark, distinguishing marks that uh, are in our very being of who we are. Thank you, Lord God, for this time. Thank you for what we have just read out of chapter 22 of Joshua. Thank you, Father, for your word that we can open up and we can see your heartbeat. We can understand a little bit more what you want from us today by what those people went through yesterday. And so, Father, would you please, would you please speak to our hearts, each and every one of us. 
I beg of you, Father, that you might hide me behind the wonders of this word that we have just read, just, just read that you have given to us so that we might understand you more, know you more fully, love you more fully. And so, Father, like a heart of Caleb, may we be a people who grow stronger as we get older, stronger in our love for you, stronger in, in who you are. Thank you, Father, for your kindness. We pray these things in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. As we just read, Joshua calls the two and a half tribes together, Gad, Reuben, the half tribe of Manasseh, and he praises them. He says to them, you've done a job well. Read again verses 2 and 3. Moses, I mean, Joshua said to them, you have kept all, all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. You have listened to my voice in all I've commanded you. You've not forsaken your brothers all these days. To this day, you've kept the charge of the commitment of the Lord your God. You see the fine thing that they really did? Verses 2 and 3 really tell us. It's not, it's not only because they, they were loyal to their brothers and their sisters of Israel. It's not only that they were loyal to Moses and to Joshua. It was that they listened, as it says in verse 3, you listened to the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. After all, it was, it is a matter of fact, it was his mission that they were carrying out. It was his name that they were to go into the promised land and glorify the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so you see in the service of the Lord, whether it is in the church, whether it be in your home, whether it be at your job, even in your own personal lives, far above your devotion to a leader or a pastor or a cause or a nation, even farther above your your, your, your compassion for your own self is your devotion to Jesus Christ. That's everything to you and me. That's where you and I will really find our rest, as we're going to talk about in a moment. That's where we'll really find the victory that we have, the blessings that are ours. Remember, remember what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. You can look it up if you wish, but I'll read it kind of quickly. But he says, whatever you do, Whatever you do, Paul warns his people, do your work heartily as unto the Lord rather than for man. Because, he says, knowing that from the Lord you're going to receive the reward of your inheritance, it is the Lord Jesus Christ whom you serve. That's Paul's warning to us. That is a, a cry for us to not serve other people or other gods or any other thing, but to be, have a complete and total devotion to our Lord and Savior. So having fulfilled this mission in chapter 22 of Joshua, they go now, in verse 4, they, they go now freely to their own homes. And it says in verse 4, look, now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers. That's a promise that God would make to them, that they would all have rest. The concept of rest is very important for you and me to understand this morning. It carries, in the book in the Old Testament, it carries the meaning of both victory as well as security. The concept of rest here in Joshua and in your life and in my life carries with it not just the, the, the being rested from having enough sleep, but it involved victory and security. Security in the land for them security in our hearts for us today. 
rest and peace and victory for us today, just as it was for them. There's a great verse that verifies what I'm trying to say about the word rest. The book just before Joshua's Deuteronomy. Turn to your left. Take a look. Hold your place in 22 and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 12, please. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, it says this. Look at, um, look at verse 8. Actually, th- that's better. I want to start at the start of the sentence, but it's a warning to those that didn't go into the land. He said, you shall not do at all what we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. That's a warning that was given to him. For you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you. Then he says in verse 10, look, when you cross the Jordan, when you live in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, he will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you may live in security. So the word rest gives the idea of victory and security. The spiritual application of this rest for you and me today, turn with me now into the New Testament. Go all the way to, to Hebrews. Hebrews. It's, it's, if you go to the last book, the book of, of Revelation, you'll go through Jude and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and you'll uh, go past Peter and James, and then you'll find Hebrews. And look with me at Hebrews chapter 3. The whole concept of rest is given here in Hebrews. Watch. For us today. But what God does is He refers back to the Old Testament. You see, you and I are going to learn a lot if we, if we study well what happened to the people that came before us. You and I will do very well to learn from their mistakes and to follow after their victories. So, verse 1 of chapter 3, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses was to all in his house. It's really an interesting thing there. Very, very marvelous, really, to to think that he compared Jesus Christ and Moses, that Moses would be in that company. But God was saying they're both faithful. It's a good thing to remember. Faithful. It's a good thing to have as a believer in Jesus Christ. For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, talking about Jesus, of course, by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things that were to be spoken later. But Jesus Christ, verse 6, he was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and we boast of the hope firm until the end. Let me, let me just mention something about verse 6. You know, you hear me say over and over again, I don't care how you came to Christ. I'm very happy you have. I don't care where, how, when, why. If, if I've had a chance to be a part of that, praise the Lord. But the honest truth of it all is nobody leads another person to Christ. God himself takes your heart as you hear the word of God and bowls it until you give your will to Him by saying, I love you, Lord. But I've said over and over again, how you come to Christ, that's not an issue with me. But since you come here, since we are now partners together in this church, partners together in what we're going to do towards the Lord, it is my deepest concern how you and I finish. That's the key. How are we going to hold firm until the end? 
How are we going to be a people that stand strong in our faith, trusting the Lord our God? As, as Pastor Bill taught a couple of weeks ago, and as I taught before Caleb, Caleb was a man who was strong in his old age because he firmly, he fully followed the Lord his God with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his strength, with all of his mind. So now let's read on. Therefore, it says in verse 7, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as when they provoke me. Now he's talking about where we are in Joshua, where the people before Joshua, where the people did not go into the promised land and they provoked God to anger. Watch what it says. In the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried me by testing me, they saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said they will always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Folks, I pray with you and I pray with me that we would never get to that place. There is nothing more comforting, nothing more secure. There is nothing more peaceful than knowing that you are at rest with God and he with you. So he says in verse 12, take care, take care, my brethren, lest there should be in any one of you, an evil, unbelieving heart in falling away from the living God, but encourage one another. That's what we try to do here, to encourage you to study the Word of God, to to open up your daily reading and read five, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be all day, but read out of God's Word each and every day, feeding off of the wonderful food of the Word of God. And so he says, um, uh, verse 14, is that where I dropped off? For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our insurance, firm unto the end. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they should not enter his rest, but those who were key? This, O Disobedient. Disobedient. And so we see that they were not able to enter, not able to enter into their rest because of their unbelief. Just read one verse with me, chapter 4 of Hebrews. Therefore, let us fear. In other words, let us respect. Let us hold confidently in our Lord, lest while a promise remains of entering His rest, any of us should seem to have come short of it. And so today's message is really all about rest. I, I, I chose a bad title. I can't do that very good. But the real title should be Finding God's Rest, Holding On to God's Rest. You see, the spiritual application of this word rest for us today was found in what we read in Hebrews chapter 3. And if you wanted to go further into chapter 4, rest comes when you and I trust the Lord our God when we have faith in Him and Him alone, and we do not become unfaithful or disobedient. And when we get into that place of rest, because we're no longer at war with God, we have peace with Him. In fact, Jesus Christ taught in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, Jesus says, no, Paul says about our Lord, Therefore, having been justified by faith, you and I have peace with God. Peace with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. When you and I yield ourselves completely to Christ, when we claim our inheritance, the promises that were given to us by faith and faith alone, 
then we enter into a deeper rest, a deeper place of security. And we enjoy the spiritual riches that we find in Christ, having peace with God. Remember we talked out of uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And it was a simple place. Jesus Christ said to the people, Come to me. Remember? Come to me, all of you who are weary. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden. I will give you what? That's what's promised. You come to me, you who are, are, are burdened and weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's salvation rest. He's talking there. That first rest is, is being saved. Then he says, verse 29 in Matthew 11, Take up my yoke upon yourself and learn from me. You see, once we come to that salvation rest, that's not the end all and be all of our faith. That's just really the beginning. Obviously, it's the very best thing that anybody could ever receive in their life. And that is salvation, eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven. But once we receive that here on this earth, we've been called to greater things here on this earth. We have been called, like the Israelites were called, to have a mission to glorify His name in and through our lives. And so He says, learn from me in verse 29. Because He says, I'm gentle and I am humble of heart. And that learn from me is not the security of your salvation rest. It is the growth that you have after you come to Christ. And he says, then you will find rest for your souls. That's security. And so in that we see salvation rest, we see growth, and we see security. And he says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Oh, come to Christ if you don't know him. It's where you find peace. It's where you find rest. By rest, we're talking about victory. We're talking about security. When you and I come to Christ and follow him with all of our hearts, we have rest. Then when we take upon ourselves his yoke of discipleship and we learn from him, then we find that deeper place of rest. Yeah, it's a rest that gives us security in who we are. I know of nothing better um, than to know without a question in your mind, if you were to die, that you would be with the Lord. I'm not saying I was sick to death, but I'll tell you a couple of times I thought, I'd like to die. This was killing me. I couldn't stop coughing. I would cough and cough and cough. I coughed so much that I felt like I broke one of my ribs. It just hurt so bad when I coughed, which made it compounded because I couldn't stop coughing. And then every time I started to cough, my head would just throb. One night, about 3.30 in the morning, I remember I was sitting in the other room, and I was just praying, and I was coughing, and I got some kind of little faith. And I yelled out, I quit. I quit. I, I don't know that I can do this much longer. Well, that was a foolish thing I said. I've asked the Lord to forgive me saying that a bunch of times. But, um, you know, it was so comforting to know that I could express my innermost feelings to my Lord because he knew I was thinking it. And then I could also apologize to him and say, you know, Father, if there's more, I'm willing to go through it for you. Just give me the strength. Fully trusting the Lord, not only for your salvation, but for the daily life that you live, through the trials that you go through, through the triumphs that you have. Help for wisdom. Help with strength. Help with your faith. We need to live this type of Christian life today, day by day. You see, it's not just a Sunday thing. It's a, Christianity is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week process. 
that you follow the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and you find that place of complete and total rest. So back to chapter 22. The people of Israel, before Joshua, wandered in the wilderness 40 years because they didn't have faith. They just didn't believe. And so they didn't get to enter into the promised land. Now, I've told you this before. Listen to this carefully. Canaan does not represent heaven. There are some that will teach that. It's not true. Canaan does not represent heaven. Canaan represents a place of spiritual blessings. It's a place of complete obedience and trust in God. When we get to heaven, we won't have to worry about being trustworthy. We won't have to worry about being obedient. He will change our hearts. He will make us as we were purely first made when Adam and Eve were first made, just having a heart to follow God. That is the ultimate place of victory, rest and security in Christ for us today. But this is not heaven for you and me. We know that well. This is just a place that we are to be a witness to the Lord our God until he calls us home. This is a place that you and I, in the turmoil of this world in which we live, and man, that's another thing I got to do. I didn't like that a lot, watching some of those programs that were talking about where this world of ours is going. I mean, that was discouraging. And I kept yelling at the TV, come to Christ. Come to Christ. And so in these turmoil of times that you and I live, there is, a, there is a hope for victory. There is a hope for secure who you are in Christ. There is a rest for you and me. Then Joshua gives them this warning in verse 5. It's what, a, what, a, what I would challenge you to maybe even consider putting verse 5 to your memory. He gives them this blessing and a spiritual warning And see, see if this command that he gives them is not current for you and me today. Of course it is. See if it's not a way that you and I should desire to walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Joshua says, verse 5, chapter 22, only be careful. He says, I'm I'm blessing you. I'm sending you off to your land. You have all the the spoils you need. You're going to have enough clothes. You're going to have enough gold. You're going to have enough silver. You'll have enough iron. You'll have enough cattle. It'll all be with you. Only be careful, verse 5, to observe the commandment of the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. And now look closely. Five commands that Joshua gives him here in verse 5 and see how they relate to you and me today. He says, I want you to, number one, love the Lord your God. Number two, he says, I want you to walk in all of his ways. Uh, Number three, I want you to keep his commandments. Number four, I want you to hold fast to him. And number five, I want you to serve him with all of your heart with all of your soul. That was the command that he gave to the people. Is that not the command that you and I have today? To love him with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our strength, to hold fast to him, to follow after him, to uh, keep his commandments and to serve him. That's what he's called us to do. This whole idea of loving the Lord our God, turn with me please, Matthew chapter 22. We're almost near the end. It's, you probably won't have... Well, we'll go hold your place in judgment. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22 just for a moment. A person came to Jesus Christ one day. Obviously, he was there with him alone. And Jesus, he asked Jesus, Teacher, verse 36 of Matthew chapter 22. He says, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Now, God did not hesitate. He did not hesitate a second 
Jesus Christ told him exactly what it was. It must have been a, a marvelous question. And he said to him, here's what you should do. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment, the Lord said. Jesus said, this was it. This is the first and this is the greatest. You've asked a good question. Now obey what I just told you. Love the Lord with all of your heart. Love the Lord with all of your soul. Love the Lord with all of your mind. Since that is the greatest commandment that Jesus said, then to to disobey it would be to commit the greatest sin. Jesus said to verify these words, he said out of John chapter 14 and verse 15, if you love me, he says, you will keep what? My commandments. If you love me, he says, you'll keep this. You'll keep this word. That's why any preacher that has church this morning and doesn't teach the people out of the word of God has done every one of them a disservice because this is what will speak to your soul, not my words, not my philosophy of life. No, the word of God is what will open up your eyes so that you'll understand. So if we love the Lord our God, oh my God, I can't understand why some churches don't do this. Then you are to keep my commandments. You're to teach the word so the people know how they are to live, so that we know who to follow. We have the directory. We have the the very game plan of life sitting in our laps through the Word of God. But may I ask you a question as we close? I want to ask you one question. Are you at peace with your life? Are you in a place of real rest, real victory, real security in Christ? I'm not talking about your circumstances. I'm talking about your heart and your attitude. Are you at that place? Some here are in deeper, deeper waters than others. They carry a deeper, deeper burden. But God will give you the, the wherewithal to go through it. That's His promise. Find His rest. And if when you find that rest, that's that place where your faith and your trust in Christ and in Him alone. Because, listen, you and I will never find peace, rest, victory in either wealth or positions or or anything else, really. The only place that you and I can become peaceful, have victory, have security with our Lord, is when we come to Jesus Christ by faith and come through through Him to be at peace with God and He alone. Now, let's just go back and, and wrap up this chapter. I, I didn't talk much about verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. But... I'm going to talk more about that next week. Let me tell you this. Joshua, in verses 6 through 9, sends the people back to be home with their families. They've been gone for seven long years. But as we're going to see next week, their returning home was not without incident. What they did on the way home and when they got home, as well-meaning as it was, almost provoked another war. This one would have been a civil war. Civil war, I should say. It would have been a war of family against family of Israelites. And we're going to see that it all happens because one group or one person rushes to judge another group and another person without all the facts. What we're going to learn next week is most problems within our lives, whether it be in church, whether it be in a marriage, whether it be in business, whether it be a friendship, you name it, whatever your, 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 your situation is in life, Problems usually occur when we are quick to judge another person's motive rather than finding out what's truly in their heart. 
in the book of Proverbs, the 18th chapter. If you want to turn there, you can. And you don't have to, you can, you don't have to hold your place in Joshua anymore. In the book of, of Proverbs, the 18th chapter, there are two verses that, that tells us to be careful about judging a person before we know the facts. It says in verse 13 of Proverbs 18, He who gives an answer before he hears it is folly and shame to him. He who gives an answer before he hears it, in other words, before he knows all the truth, is folly and shame on that person. Verse 17 says it better, I think. The first to plead his case seems right. Someone will come to you, oh, you don't know how bad this person is. This person treated me so unkindly. This person is really a bad person. The first to plead his case seems to be right until, it says in verse 17, another one comes and examines him. In other words, looks at the whole situation and sees what really took, truly took place. We're going to study this problem a little next week. I, I just want, to, I want you to, to be prepared. I, I, I don't know if it's kind of come up on you quickly, but Easter is in two weeks. You should be having friends and, and loved ones that you've been praying for and that don't go to church, and you should be hopefully kind of ask them, would you come to church with us on, on Easter or on Palm Sunday or on Good Friday? Would you come? Come to church. It's the time where most people that normally don't go to church will go to church. And so we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our hearts for Palm Sunday, next Sunday, and for Good Friday and for Easter. It's right around the corner. You need to invite someone. I know that uh, some of the people here in the church have been putting these door hangers on, on, on uh, this weekend, a thousand homes in that area, I guess. They just went from house to house and just hung us on their door and inviting them to come to church. And I make this promise to you. When they come, who you invite, I promise they will hear the gospel. I've been reading ahead, and I think it fits right in with Joshua. We'll see if we can get there by then. But it's going to be a, a tremendous, tremendous weekend. I really pray in your heart that you will consider inviting someone or maybe even help. We're going to be hanging these out again this next weekend. And uh, you're welcome to come and help those that are putting these on door hangers. We've canvassed this whole uh, community here that we live nearby and asking people to consider us as a church they might want to come to. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we just love you so much. We ask, dear Lord, that you would take your word and that you would minister to each of us as we need be. Father, that we would see what kind of a peace do we have with you? Is there a rest that we have, a security that we have with you, Father? Well, as we've been taught out of Hebrews, your word, that, find, that comes when we, we become obedient to your word and we trust fully in your Son. He is the one who has made us all. And so, Lord God, may we find your rest. May we find the peace of, of you and, and the rest and security and victory in you because of your Son, Jesus Christ, who has given us the privilege of knowing you as we do. So, Father, take this message. Bless it, I pray. Bless everyone here. Uh, watch over each and every family, each and every person. And thank you, Father, for my love for them. It is um, it's really a blessing. I love you all very much. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I do. I'm probably not going to hang around a little bit because I'm sweating now like a dog. And I'm just going to go and kind of be off and I'll start hugging maybe next week, I guess. I love you all so much. Thanks for being here.